0: Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair, and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com, and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 70. Today's episode is all about kitchen organization. No matter if you have a tiny kitchen or one with cabinets for everything, we are looking at tips, tricks, hacks, and the best tried and true advice out there to get your cooking space in order. After all, if your home is anything like mine, the kitchen is the central hub and how it functions is crucial to how your entire home functions. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am thrilled you are here today. This episode is dedicated to all things kitchen organization. I have to be honest with you. Pretty organization, it's a challenge for me. I am a function over form kind of girl. That means I don't need the Pinterest perfect or Insta-worthy pantry to feel like my space is organized. But as I continue down this journey of living more like a minimalist, there is one space in my home that I want to be more photo worthy, and it's my kitchen. If you've listened to this podcast for a while or you've heard my story before, you will know that I live in a three-level townhouse. It's pretty typical for the area of San Diego where we live, and I actually really like the layout of our home, but the kitchen, it is not my favorite space. While it's got a big island, it's really difficult to maneuver around, especially if you try to have more than one person in the space at a time. So even though the island is big, it's deceiving because it has such little storage. The space is just not functioning as well as I had hoped. And that has me thinking that maybe I don't have it laid out the best and it makes me want to organize it all over again. So this week we are taking a look at the best kitchen organization advice that I could find online and over the next couple of weeks I will be implementing this advice in my own kitchen. I will be sharing the results on Instagram so if you're not following me yet go ahead and head over there. I'm little.green.bo on the platform so be sure to follow me so you don't miss out on the results. Now, before we get into it, though, I want to know, did you hear my announcement last week? The doors are now open for Tidy Home Academy. Yes, the tidy home that you want is possible and Tidy Home Academy can help you get there. Don't worry if you've tried to straighten up your home in the past and failed. This time you're going to start with your vision and purpose of your home. The reason behind what you really want so that your home works for you. And then once that is in place, you'll be empowered to declutter the stuff that no longer adds value to your life and the one that you want for your family. The dominoes will fall into place, and every step of the process of decluttering, organizing, cleaning, and creating systems will not only feel possible, but natural. This system has worked for me and so many others, so I know it can work for you too. You can find out more about Tidy Home Academy and get all of the show notes for today's episode at littlegreenbow.com slash seventy. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 7070. I hope to see you there. Okay, now let's get into how we can organize our kitchens once and for all. The following steps that I lay out today are combined from several different sources, which of course I will list in the show notes so that you can find all of this information and how I got to where I have reached today. Now these steps will help you organize your kitchen from top to bottom, no matter how big or how small. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Step number one is to start with a plan. Okay, first thing is first, of course. You've got to know how much space you're working with. Now there are a couple different ways you can do this. One, you can take a picture and then print it out, or you can make a drawing of the space. Now I prefer to make a sketch so that I can get an idea of how things look on paper and it helps me cut through that visual clutter and that visual noise that shows up in photos. Again, I'm wanting to get kind of the base idea of what we're working with here. And the idea behind this plan is that with the proper planning in place, there is less work to do later, and then hopefully we can get our kitchen organized in just a day or a weekend at the most. Again, we want to make sure we have all of this lined up before we even start the process of taking our items out of the cabinets. And the way to do that is to have a detailed idea of how your kitchen is laid out. So, you know, you, you know, for you to know your measurements and for you to think about the items that you will need in the space and plan for where your items will be placed. Again, this is all work we're doing before we even move a can out of the cabinet. Now, the advice I found online says to actually measure each cabinet, drawer, nook and cranny in your kitchen. So that's what I'm going to be doing. My hope is that this will help me see if there's any space that I'm underutilizing right now so that things don't feel so cramped when I'm done with this process. Now, this process can help you see where there may be dead or dead wall space or other areas where you can get creative with storage and organization options. Okay, so that's step number one. Start with a plan. We're going to measure it out and create basically a plan of our kitchen on paper. Step number two is to map out your zones. Now, once you have your kitchen sketched out on paper and all of your measurements are written down, it's time for you to actually figure out where to put your items. Now, these are your zones. And my favorite way that I saw zones broken down was on the everygirl.com. And of course, the link for all of these are in your show notes. So make sure you check that out. But basically, she lays out the following zones. Plus, I added one and I'll let you know as we go. So the first zone are your everyday items and these are things that you need easy access to like your plates, bowls, everyday drinking cups, your flatware. This is the stuff you use all the time. Now if possible you want to keep these items close to your dishwasher. Of course all those plates and things so it's easy as you take them out of your dishwasher to put them away. But I'm going to tell you right now that is not possible in my kitchen. The way that our kitchen is laid out There is nothing close to my dishwasher, so I don't have a cabinet right next to my dishwasher, so they're not going to be close to that. So if that's you too, stick with me because I know that we can still do this. The second zone is for cooking and baking items. These are your pots, pans, sheet pans, cutting boards, cooking utensils, measuring cups, mixing bowls, cake pans, pie tins, any other cookware or bakeware you use. Now, if possible, you want to keep these items close to your oven or your range, we're going to see how this goes in my kitchen. I might need to break this down into sub zones and do one for cooking and one for baking. But we're going to see as I get there. And then I want to go in and point out that I'm going to list tools for all of these areas toward the end of this show. So stick with me right now. We're just laying out the zones and labeling them so we can put them in our kitchen in the best place. Okay. Back to it. So zone three is for your pantry and your food items. Now you can combine your refrigerator and freezer items here if you want, or you can think about them separately. It really is up to you. So things that belong in this zone are your dried goods, your canned goods, spices, oils, other food items. And if you're including your cold food storage, that's going to be here as well. Zone four is one that I'm adding, and this is for small appliances. So think about your things like your blender, food processor, stand mixer, hand mixer, slow cooker, Instapot, air fryer, soda stream, salad spinner, juicer, etc. Holy moly, that's a lot of stuff. I'm not expecting that you have all of those things in your kitchen, but if you have, you know, if you love to cook and you have all that stuff, then no problem. We just need to find a place for it. Now, depending on how often you use these items, you can decide what kind of real estate they actually deserve in your kitchen and if they even deserve to stay in your home. So I'm getting ahead of myself with the cluttering. We're going to get to that in a minute. But again, zone four, small appliances. The fifth zone is for accessories and storage. These are items like Tupperware, food storage, food wrap, aluminum foil, Ziploc or stasher bags, parchment paper, bee paper, that kind of stuff. Now, keeping these items close to the refrigerator makes them easier to access when you need them. On to zone six, and we are looking at your coffee, tea, bar, and all things accessory or specialty drinks, sorry. Here you will put items that relate to making coffee or tea, like your coffee maker, mugs, coffee pods, milk frothers, tea or coffee accessories, barware such as wine glasses, specialty drink glasses, drink making accessories, and bottles of liquor. Whew, that's a lot. (laughs) Zone number seven is for cleaning and waste. These are items that are generally housed under the sink, and of course they're going to include your cleaning supplies, garbage bags, dishwasher detergent, dish soap, and the garbage and recycling cans. And your final zone is zone eight, and that is for your specialty items. Now, I am not one to tell you to hold on to things just in case. So that's not what these items are. These are things that you love and you use, but you just don't use them that often. So things for entertaining or hosting or things that you use in the, at the holidays might fit in this category. In my home, these are going to be our German Glühwein mugs that we got at the Chris Kindle markets the year we were living in Germany. I bring them out every December and I absolutely love having them. I just don't need them to take up prime cabinet space. Okay, so those are the eight zones. All right, and that was just step two. So step one, we mapped out our space. Step two, we figured out our zones. And now it's time to move on to step three. And that is to get your organization tools ready. Now, remember, I talked about I'm going to run through each of the zones and organization tools that go for, you know, that are really good and recommended for each of those zones. So I'm not going to dive into that too much here, but I do want to talk about what it means to get these tools ready. So this step to me feels a little like limbo. It's a little in between, but it really helps us tremendously when it comes to the actual organization day. Again, we are preparing. We're getting all of our stuff put together in advance. Now, this step makes me a little antsy because Once I make up my mind, I like to get to work like right away, but I know it's necessary to be patient and to make progress. We want to make sure we have all of our ducks lined up so that when we actually do the work, it is much, much easier. So for this step, you are going to look in your drawers and behind those cabinet doors and you're going to estimate how much stuff you have. We're not actually sorting it into the zones yet, but you want to get an idea of one, how much stuff you have and then two, how much space you have so that we can take those measurements that we already have and then look at what organization tools might fit in each of the spaces. Now this step is actually a little bit different than my normal declutter and organizing advice. Generally, I suggest that you declutter first so you know how much stuff you have left to organize. But kitchens are really tricky because we actually use them every day. So it's not like you can leave all of your stuff out for a week while you search for the perfect bin, organization tool, or drawer divider. No, we have to do it ahead of time. So instead, I've heard it recommended that we actually do think of these items that we need ahead of time that, so, that it actually makes the decluttering and the organization day easier. So, to figure out what items you need, go back to your kitchen sketch, plan out where you want to put the items that correspond to each of your zones, and then measure for the tools that you want to organize each of those spaces or each of those areas. So, if you didn't take measurements in step one, now is the time to go back and do that so that you can actually compare it to the items you're buying. And it will make that much easier. You'll know what you need. You know what will fit in the space in the first place. Because especially with buying things online these days, it's actually really hard to tell how big something is and if it will actually fit.
1: Feel like you're the martyr in your family
2: wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. Mm. So, join us,
0: won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Now, if you have a lot of space between your shelves, you're going to look at things like um, undermounted baskets or mug holders that you can actually put on the cabinet shelf and they'll hang down below. So it takes up some of that vertical space. If you have deep drawers, perhaps bins would help divide the space so that you can actually fill up that space better. You actually fill up the bins. It divides the the giant drawer that you have into smaller spaces and you can use it better. Maybe you want a new knife block that goes into your drawer so you can get the knives off your counter and you can get them out of view. Or, you know, maybe you want to actually line all of your drawers with contact paper so that you get a little bit of a, you know, lift and a smile when you open that and see something pretty in there. What you put on your list and what you are going to use to organize is going to depend on what you, what zones you have, how your kitchen is laid out, what space you have available, the products you like, how organized you really want it, how detailed you want the organization tools to be. I'm going to link to some of my favorite products in the show notes. And again, we're going to talk about all of these tools at the end. So there's a really big list that you can to go through. Um. But this way, you just kind of get an idea. That's step number three. And as an extra tip, I want you to try to purchase items that you can return easily so that if they don't work in your space, it's easier for you to get your money back. Okay? All right. That's step number three. Step number four is where we're really getting down and dirty. We are going to get it all out and we're going to start with a clean slate. We're going against the grain again with this one and the advice I normally give. Because once you have your plan in place, you know where you want to put your items and you've purchased all the organization tools that you think you'll need, it's time to rock and roll. That means we're taking action by getting it all out. We're sorting it into our eight zones and we're using our plan to put our kitchen back together. Now, normally I do not recommend getting all of your items out, but time is of the essence in your kitchen, so we need to take drastic measures. So, my plan is to have eight piles in my home, one for each of the zones. I can't actually believe that I am going back to the piles because, for those of you in Tidy Home Academy, you know that I no longer think that piles are the best way to declutter. I stick by that advice and the better process that I teach in the Academy, but the way I look at it is this is organization. This is not actually decluttering. Of course, As I find items that I no longer want or need during this process, I am going to put them in the donation box. I'm going to get them out of my house within the week, and I recommend that you do the same. But the name of this step, as it implies, though, is to get it all out. So the idea is to clean out every cabinet, every drawer, wipe them down, line them with that contact paper if you prefer, and then we're going to reassess our kitchen and put it all back, okay? So now step four is just to get it out. Step five is to look at your kitchen now that it is empty of all the items. Look at the items that are in your piles. Make sure that the items that are there are things that you want to keep and that they're things that you use. If you love the idea of an air fryer, but you weren't really happy with how it performed, or you didn't like how you had to clean it or, you know, it just isn't a tool that you actually use that often. Well, maybe you can free up that space. Or if you have four wooden spoons, but you really only use one or two of them, then toss the ones that you never use. Put them in that donation bin, get them out of your house. Get them out of your space. Our idea here is to keep the things we want and to organize the kitchen. The goal is to organize it once and for all. Well, at least it's my goal because this is a big job. And if I'm telling you the truth, I'm not really looking forward to actually getting all the items out of my cabinets. I know it's going to be worth it, but I can't say that I'm super excited about the process. But I know in the end, it's going to be what I want. It also means that I will try to be brutally honest about what I need and I want in my kitchen. I cook almost every day, so it should be pretty easy for me to see what items I actually use on a regular basis. And which items I've been overlooking and I might now be ready to let them go so they can go live in someone else's home. They don't have to live in my home. All right. So that is step number five. It's actually the decluttering, the reassessing and making sure that we like all the items that are in our zones and that we actually want to put them back into our now super clean kitchen. So the sixth step is to create a list of items to replace. Now, I would love to be able to go out and buy all the things that I want tomorrow, but that's not gonna happen, that's not my reality. I'm, you know, didn't win the lottery. (laughs) So instead, I'm going to create a wish list or a placeholder list of items that I want to be replaced. Now, this could be something that's worn out and I'm in need of a new one, or maybe it's something that I'd like to upgrade, like my mixing bowls. Instead of just replacing these, I want to look for ones that can serve double duty, like a mixing bowl that would also work as a serving bowl for salad. Now, the great thing here about creating this list is that you can be really intentional about the items that you bring into your home, and it is a methodical way for you to upgrade your kitchen items over time. It also works perfectly as a gift wish list for the holidays or your birthdays when your family inevitably will ask you for gift ideas. So if you're like me, It's hard to remember items that you want when you're put on the spot, and so creating this placeholder or wish list can be a really big help for you to actually get the items that you truly want, and not just ones that you think of at the time when you're asked. Okay? So that's step number six. And the seventh step is to use what you bought and to implement your plan. So in this step, you are going to put the items that you are keeping back into your kitchen. Now, all of the advice I read is to be patient with this step as it's a bit of trial and error. So you might find that the drawer you wanted to use for your pots and pans isn't deep enough or that you have more cooking utensils than you previously thought. So they actually need more drawer space than you had allotted. So start with your plan and make adjustments along the way as you need to. So one thing that works for me here is that if you find yourself running out of space, it's to make sure that anything that doesn't revolve around cooking or eating is not actually stored in the kitchen. So that might mean finding a new place to keep your keys, medicine, first aid kits, or tools. It might also mean rethinking another area in your home to store something like a bar cart for entertaining. So keep an open mind and think creatively if you're running into obstacles. Another trick that I keep reading about is to use vertical and dead space so this can mean hanging things on walls or from the ceiling but it could also be using risers to create an additional shelf in a cabinet it can also mean using an over-the-door basket or hooks on the inside of a cabinet to add more organization opportunities Unfortunately, my cabinet style doesn't allow for me to hang things on the doors, so I will not be able to take advantage of that idea. But if you have flat or shaker style cabinet fronts, this is a great way to get more space without making any changes. Alright, so once you have gotten all of your items put back, you're done! These 7 steps, based on the best advice I could find, will help you organize your kitchen from top to bottom. Now, the bonus tip is to live with it for a little while before making any more changes. See how it works in real life and write down any changes that you want to make. Now, you might find that after a week or two, some of those initial changes you didn't like, they actually work well. And there might be others that you really do want to adjust. But know that just because you made a change, things are going to feel strange at first. So just make sure you let it simmer before you start switching it all up again, okay? And finally, for those of you with a small kitchen, I want to caution you about buying in bulk. Look, I love Costco as much as anyone, but the lack of storage in my kitchen has cut down on our trips to the warehouse. Now we have a box of produce delivered each week, and I go to the grocery store about every 10 days. There's not only saves space, but it cuts down on food waste too. So yes, I, stu- I still do make trips to Costco, but now I go about every other month. All right, now before I wrap up today, I want to go back to that list of recommendations for the best organizing tools. I will have links to recommended items on my website. So if you want to see what items I will be testing, you can find them at littlegreenbow.com forward slash 70. All right, let's go through each of the zones. So starting with zone one, everyday items. I don't really have specific items to recommend here, but to keep things looking neat, try to stick with one color palette and as many of the same things as possible, so like matching glassware. If you need to make more space in your cabinet, consider using a riser to give yourself an additional shelf. You can also use an undermount basket or undermount hooks to hang mugs and free up some shelf space. I will be actually be trying each of these options in my kitchen. Then when it comes to utensils, you will obviously need a utensil holder. And I'm actually debating getting one that stacks. It looks pretty neat, so I might see if they have it in person at the container store so that I can see how it looks before I buy one. But otherwise I have a pretty good space saving one that I'm already pretty happy with. And again, I will show you what those things are in the show notes if you are interested in seeing some options. So zone number two, we're looking at our cooking and baking items. One item that really helps here in the kitchen is knife organization. Now, most knives will come in a bulky knife block that sits on the counter and takes up a lot of room. So if you have wall space, you can use a magnetic knife block to store your blocks. The pro here is that your knives are still easily accessible and they are off of your counter. Now, the con here is that they are still visible. Now, I try to avoid visible clutter when possible, so another option is a drawer knife block. Now this will allow you to store your knives out of sight, but the con is that it will take up prime drawer space. Now I'm going to try a compact drawer knife block and decluttering the knives that we don't use on a regular basis so that I can put the ones that we do use away, but they won't take up a full drawer. So another item for organizing cooking and baking items is an adjustable bakeware rack. Now I use this already and I love it. It holds my bake trays, muffin tins, pizza stone, cutting boards, cheese board, and casserole dish. And it saves space by storing them upright. Now, this also makes it much easier to get them out when I want something without having to shuffle anything around or move things. I just pull out the one I want and everything stays where it is because they're all stored upright and they're adjustable so that I can change the spacing of the sizes so that everything can fit in there without, you know, falling over.
1: Pots
0: are another item in the kitchen that takes up a lot of space, but the lids seem to cause me the most headache. One tip I found was to use something similar to the adjustable bakeware rack, but I'm actually going to try using my paper file organizer that I recently decluttered from my office. I think it's going to fit, so check back in a couple weeks to see how it turned out. Another way to organize pot lids is to hang them on the inside of a cabinet drawer, um, sorry cabinet door um, either using an aptly named cabinet door lid rack or using command hooks if you want something less permanent and then there are the pots and the cooking utensils themselves so one way is to stack your pots and put them in a lower cabinet and this is actually how my pots are currently organized and it actually works fine for me my utensils are sorted um, in a drawer and they're stored up there and those Probably will get a shake up as I narrow it into my zones, but if you have wall space and less cabinet space, another good organizing option for you might be a pegboard. Yes, this simple yet versatile storage solution that works so well in garages and tool sheds. It's perfect for kitchens too. Now, unfortunately, I have zero wall space in my kitchen, so it's not an option I can try, but I'll leave some examples in the show notes for both pegboards and for pot racks themselves. Now another essential item to have in your arsenal are drawer dividers. The good news here is that there are so many options that you will be able to find something that fits your drawer perfectly. The bad news is that there are so many options it's hard to decide which one to go with. The most highly recommended products were the adjustable dividers that you put in your drawer and can configure in several different ways. These basically take your drawers and divide them into smaller compartments. The other option is to use shallow drawer organizers for you to sort your smaller items and then keep your drawers neat. So that's going to be closer to how you would use um, a drawer organizers, like smaller compartments that you would use in like office you know, your desk drawer, things like that, they actually work really well in your kitchen as well. So I'll link to a few options in the show notes so you can see some examples. I know it can be kind of hard to describe something that's very visual um, over a podcast. So make sure you check out the show notes if you want to see these in action. So moving on to zone three, let's talk about your pantry and your food items. Now your best friend here is going to be clear storage. But clear storage does not have to be expensive. Now canning jars can work really well here and If that's too much, then start collecting glass jars from the products you already use. Now, just try to use some of the same kinds of jars to store like items so that it will not only be functional, but it will look gorgeous too. Now in my home, our pantry is super skinny. Now when I say super skinny, I'm not kidding. The opening is less than seven inches wide. So I'm actually really limited with what I can put in here. I was hoping to be able to install pull-out shelves, but that's just not going to happen because it would just waste too much space and there's no way I can get pull-out shelves that are small enough to fit within the opening that I have between where the door opens and kind of the side of the cabinet. Just how it works. So I've actually tried, you know, different things. So... I'm going to be looking for clear storage solutions that are narrow with simple, clean lines in order to cut down on dead space, because I actually tried clear cereal boxes from Rubbermaid, but they were too bulky from my space. So if you have some that you love, please tag me on Instagram or shoot me an email and let me know. You can reach me at Deanna at LittleGreenBow.com because I'm still on the hunt for products that will actually fit in my teeny tiny pantry. So the last food item I want to address are spices now for these you can go the similar route as the drawer knife block and you if you have the space and you can put them in your drawer because organizing your spices in a drawer oh my gosh they can be so pretty I wish I had the space to do it or you can use a riser system in a cabinet so that you can see all of your spices that you have available if you are more of a function over form Use whatever spice jars you have but if you really want them to be pretty and take them up a notch you can get matching glass spice jars and you can have pretty labels put on them. You really can go all out here if you want. And the third option which is what I'm actually going to try is to use magnetic tins to store my spices on the side of my refrigerator. It is the one wall space that I have in my kitchen that I might be able to use. So I'm going to try to put them on the side of my fridge. We'll see how I like that in the end. I don't know. It's all trial and error. Zone four is going to be for small appliances. Now the best organizing tips I found here are to keep them tucked away in cabinets if possible so that you can keep your counters clear. Now I'm planning to house items in the cabinet above my microwave or possibly in a small closed storage unit that I hope to find um, that will fit where I actually have a built-in desk area in my kitchen. I think that was really popular in the 2000s, um, but it's not usable space. It's too low to actually be a comfortable desk area. It's in my kitchen, which is already cramped enough, so there's no way I could actually use it as a usable desk space. and. You know, so it's just kind of dead space. So if I can find a closed storage unit that fits there, I might use that um, for my kitchen appliances, small kitchen appliances. All right, the fifth zone, we are looking for organizing tools for accessories and food storage items. Now, if you have space and can store these items vertically, a magazine holder works really well or an over the cabinet drawer organizer can be good, too. Now, I've already mentioned that I can't use these items in my kitchen because of how rounded my doors are, so it's just not going to work for us. But I'm going to try that magazine rack and see if I have any items. Um, or a space for vertically stored um, items. Now, currently my food storage are in a drawer and it works well enough. But if I can't find the vertical space, I'm just going to go ahead and keep them there. But if I can, I'm going to try to store them upright because I do think it will save some room. Now, let's talk about food storage containers and where to put your leftovers. Now, if you're in the market for new storage food storage containers, Look for items that nest well so that they take up less room to store. And I also prefer glass as they last longer and it's just better for reheating and and using, you know, storing your food in. Now, at the very least, I want you to toss any of your mismatched items when you are sorting your items into zones in step four. Now, throughout my research, the containers that I kept seeing recommended were these Pyrex containers and i actually might be adding those to my holiday shopping list um so again i'll link those if you are in the market as well now food storage containers can be stored in a cabinet although it's good if the cabinet pulls out so that you have access to all of the items like if you actually have the cabinet drawer pullouts that would be fantastic because otherwise things can get lost in the back there or you can place your food storage containers in a deep drawer if you have that option available to you as well and then the tip here, though, is to use a box or a bin to organize all of the lids. You want to keep all of your lids corralled in one place so it's easy to access to access them whenever you want them. We actually did this in my mother-in-law's kitchen, and it was a lifesaver for her because she could never find the lids for her um all of her bins and jars and all the things. But once we put them in a um, one certain one central place, she was able to find them and she has talked about how she liked that. So it does work really well. All right, let's move on to zone six, where we are organizing your coffee, tea, bar, and all things specialty drinks. Now, currently, my coffee maker is on the counter, and I do not see changing that because, honestly, we use it every day. It's not easily movable, so it's not something that I'm going to put away. However, the recommendations I found encourage you to keep all of your coffee making accessories close to the coffee maker itself. So I'm going to be trying that. I do a couple. I have a couple things close by there, but I'm going to see if I can make it more like a coffee bar and corral all the things things together and I'm going to put them on a tray. Now this can be helpful because I've read over and over that a tray helps it so that your eye sees all of those things as one unit instead of several items placed together. So if you can put things on a tray that will help them feel more organized. All right now let's talk about the bar and drinkware. What I would give to have a space to have a bar cart in my kitchen. I would absolutely love it. I love how they look and they just seem super fun. When we lived in Chicago, we had a shelving unit from CB2 that we actually put on the wall, and it held all of our bottles, decanters, specialty glasses, bar tools, and a special dish for sugar cubes. Yes, we prefer drinking mixed drinks, so we actually do need a space for all of these items. But without wall space to hang those shelves near our kitchen... We've resorted to keeping items on top of our refrigerator on a big wooden tray. Now, it's not ideal, but as this is not our forever home, it has worked for the time being. Now, this area will probably be a part two organizing project for me, but if you're looking for ideas on how to organize and store your beverages and all of the items that go with them, the recommendations are either a bar cart... Designing um, or designating a cabinet to hold all these items, using a shelving unit like I did, or to keep the items grouped together on a tray. Now, for stemware, you can use glass hangers that attach to the bottom of a shelf, and these can help protect your glasses from falling over, and they can create more space by using more vertical space. And so you have room to put things underneath the glasses that are stored. Alright, now it's time to talk about zone 7, cleaning and waste. In most homes, the cleaning products, and often trash cans, are kept under the kitchen sink. Now pull-out baskets seem to be the overwhelming recommendation here. In my kitchen, there is very little space under the sink, and while I love that we have a garbage disposal, it takes up a lot of space. So I'm going to be trying a double pull-out basket that has a narrow top shelf and a larger bottom shelf, and I really hope that this will do the trick and if you have cabinets that can hold over the door hooks this is another great place to utilize them. You can use over the door baskets to hold your bakeware or food storage items or you can even find over the door hooks that have a small trash can attached. So these are great ways to find extra hidden space in your kitchen if it is a small one. All right, and that takes us to the final zone, number eight in your specialty items. Now, since these are items that you don't use often, the recommendation is to put them in bins and tuck them away in an out-of-the-way cabinet. Now, if your cabinet space is lacking, consider storing these items outside of your kitchen and retrieving them when you need them throughout the year. That wraps up the kitchen organization tools for each of the zones and the seven steps for actually organizing your kitchen once and for all. I hope you were able to gather some ideas to help you in your kitchen. And I know that I am really looking forward to taking my kitchen organization to the next level. I really cannot wait to show off the results to you. And I also love that I have some accountability with you and I don't wanna let you down. So this is gonna be tough for me to get this done in the next few weeks, but I'm really excited about it. And now it is your turn to take action. Is your kitchen in need of a refresh? If so, which of these organization ideas do you want to implement first? If you need help with the organization tools, don't forget you can find them all on my website at littlegreenbow.com slash 70. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 70. And if you're ready to get your home decluttered, organized and clean, but you don't know where to start, I invite you to check out Tidy Home Academy. Having a home that you are proud of and that runs smoothly with the right systems in place is possible. You can do it and I'm here to help you along the way. You can find out more at littlegreenbow.com slash tidyhomeacademy. Again, that information can be found at littlegreenbow.com slash tidyhomeacademy. All one word. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode, but before I go, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this show. I appreciate that you choose to spend some of your time with me, and I do hope that the information I provide is not only helpful, but inspiring and encouraging. And if you've enjoyed today's episode and have not done so already, please go ahead and subscribe so you are notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And also, please leave a review so more people can find us and discover the benefits of a minimalist, intentional, or simplified lifestyle for themselves. All right, that takes care of our show for this week. Happy organizing, and I will see you here next week when we have a guest on the show. I was super excited to catch up with Tony Ann, a real happy mom, recently, and we had a lovely conversation about how she keeps her extremely busy life as a mom, wife, full time dentist, Navy reservist, and all around awesome human organized and intentional, starting with her Sunday plan for the week. If you've struggled with time management, you'll definitely want to check it out. I'll see you here next week. Cheers.
1: Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic or some combination of all of the above,